Hey, rich friends, it's Dr. T-Mac here. Welcome to the T-Mac Inspired Show. In today's episode, I have an awesome, awesome, awesome guest who happens to be one of my rich friends, y'all know, and she's an amazing, amazing investor. She's a tech and a real estate investor, and I just want to jump right in, okay? So let me just welcome my good friend, Tamara Williams. T. How you doing? I'm, I'm super excited to be here. And I should have said, um, Doctor, Doctor. It's all, it's all good. You know, Doctor, it takes a doctor to know one. <laughs> hey, hey. Listen, thank you. First of all, I want to say thank you so much for coming to spend some time with me and my audience and to let us know what you got going on so they can get to know you. Um, everybody knows that I, invet- I um, interview women entrepreneurs who are killing it in the space that they're in. And I am blessed to know you and know what you do, but I want you to bless my audience and let them know who you are and what you do and who you serve. Well, it's been a tremendous journey and a wonderful blessing um, to be able to be in the tech space. And that is what afforded me to um, start investing in real estate. So my background is hardcore tech. I worked at Microsoft for many years and then went on to work in the home improvement space, all with technology, marketing, e-commerce, digital, mobile, all that good stuff. So I am a tech geek girl at heart. And um, it really has served me well in the real estate space because a lot of times people get so emotionally invested when you're talking about real estate. And I just look at the numbers, right? If the numbers make sense, then maybe the deal is going to make sense. But I am very logical as it relates to investing um, either in technology or in real estate. And right now my focus is truly in the real estate education business like you. Oh, yes, yes, yes. So what made you get into real estate? Let's talk about that. Well, it's kind of crazy because um, I got into real estate on accident, <laughs> but you know, we don't believe in coincidence or accidents, right? God can use anything. Right. right. But I was, um, I was getting towards the end of the year and I went to see my accountant and CPA And she said, Tamara, you've got to get rid of some money. So she was telling me to prepay anything I could prepay. So if I had vendors that I trusted, um, if I needed to buy equipment for my business, like just get rid of some money. So in my head, I thought, where could I go and spend a whole bunch of money without a whole lot of effort? Okay, so there's this thing called Zip's Zip's principle of least effort. (laughs) And so a lot of times people will do the minimum amount of work that they have to do to get the maximum return. So that's what my mind, that's where my mind went. So I was like, oh, I need to get rid of this money. I'm just going to go buy a house. And so I went and bought a house. I, um, it was in an auction. And so I just paid cash for the house. And then when I went back, so this was around the end of October, beginning of November. So I went back to her in the middle of November and I was like, guess what? No worries. I got rid of the money you told me to get rid of. And she goes, great. What did you do? I said, I bought a house. 
And she was like, no, <laughs> no. Wait a minute. <laughs> you, you just went and bought a house like, mm -hmm. wait a minute, back up. <laughs> so you were trying to get rid of money, right? And you said, okay, what, what made you say, let me buy a, a whole house? I was just thinking like that is the place where I could go and get rid of, you know, uh, more than a hundred thousand dollars at one time. I just went and bought a house and I was thinking, okay, I could buy a rental property. You know, I used to hear all the late night infomercials. Oh, you got, they got rich in real estate. I'm like, okay, well I got to buy one house to get started. So I'll just go buy a house. And I just called a real estate agent. I said, Hey, I want to bid on this house. I don't know how to do it. I knew nothing about real estate. I had Whoa. no idea what I was doing. And I even bought the house in the name of my company, which we know is a no-no. You do not commingle funds, right? You don't do um, a, a deal from one company in the name of another company. So I was all kind of wrong. So oh. she had to use November and December to undo all the what? things that I did. Whoa, 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 whoa. Wait a minute. Okay, so... There, we can unpack this so many different ways, right? So you just went, you went, you reached out to, to an agent and you said, Hey, listen, I got to, I got to off some of this money. I need a property. And who did the due diligence for you? Who, who assessed the property? Who, I mean, who, who ran the numbers? Tasha, now you're asking all kinds of hard questions. I did not have anybody do like, I didn't have an inspector come out. There was no inspection done. I was just buying a house. And you know what? It was a HUD home and it was under foreclosure. So, you know, even if I had an inspection, they weren't going to fix anything. But I don't buy houses without an inspection. Like, I know better now. Right. Right. I did not know better then. So right. I just bought it. And right. guess what? I even bought the house without ever being able to walk into it. Okay. Where yeah. is this house now? Like, do you still own this house? I sold the house um, a couple of years ago, but I had a renter in it for five years. So that house made me a lot of money. Mm. So yes. newbies out, out here listening, watching, please don't do what she did. No, don't, don't, don't do <laughs> Dr. Tam did. Please, please. But I'm glad you told this story because it happens. It happens to a lot of people, especially in real estate. You know, the thing that I feel is that newbies, Real estate is sexy, right? It is. Yes. Overall, it's a sexy way to invest. However, newbies do exactly what you did. They just say, okay, I want to buy a house, and they go buy a house, and you could have probably saved thousands of dollars, I'm sure, on this property. Um, yep. there, there are so many different ways we can unpack that deal, but we're not. We're going to keep moving. Um, but that's how you got started in real estate. So then what, what, what made you decide, okay, I like this. Let me go buy more. Okay. So after I made all of the mistakes that I could have made on a single deal and my, um, my CPA had to undo it. So she had to quick claim the house into an, like make another LLC, quick claim the, the deed over to that. Like we had to undo it. Right. But this is what I thought to myself. Okay. I messed that up but I'm never going to make that mistake again. I have got to go find myself a real estate coach. Okay. So that was my next step. I went and found myself a real estate coach. I paid a very hefty five figures for my real estate coach. Mm -hmm. And my real estate coach taught me how to take that one deal that was initially a mistake to leverage it and do more and more and more deals just from the assets of that one house. 
And let's talk about that. I, I really want to talk about that for a minute because people do not understand the power of leverage. Yes. The power of leverage mm-hmm. and with one property, just get the one property and you can leverage that property. It, it's like a, you know, when you're jumping on a trampoline, it's like that jump that takes you really, really high. And you're like, mm-hmm. oh my God, I can really do this. So how did you use that first property to leverage um, the purchase of your second property? So what I did, because I owned the house free and clear, I was able to um, refinance the house. Now, keep in mind, I had a tenant in there and the house was cash flowing. Mm -hmm. And so I took took out, I did a cash out refi Mm -hmm. and took that money to put it down um, as a down payment on two other homes. And my real estate coach taught me how to get what we call private money, which just means that I found a friend and I borrowed money from them through their, um, their retirement account. Mm-hmm. So I turned them into the bank. I took the money that I pulled out um, from the cash out refi and I put it as down payments on two homes using private money to put the rest of the money with. So now I took that one property and now I own three. Whoa, love it. Love it. Isn't that amazing? So, so you took that number one, you said, okay, I did this first deal all wrong. Let me find me a coach in real estate. Who's really doing real estate deals because they know what's going on in the market. Then you invested in yourself and your business. And then you leveraged the property that you had to go and purchase more property. So you bought two more and then you ended up with three properties got them cash flowing and that's pretty good, right? Yes. But it didn't stop there because once I figured out how to do it the first time, what do smart girls do? We just keep doing it over and over and over again. Yeah, right. And this is the thing you talked about real estate being sexy. Sometimes getting rich is very, very boring. And so you just keep doing it over and over again, because if it ain't broke, I'm not fixing it for sure. For sure. So listen, so, so you started doing the the whole real estate thing. Now, were you working at the time while you were doing that? Were you still like working a nine to five or in corporate America? I was out of corporate. (laughs) I had already started my own company, which is how I was able to have all the extra cash. When I was working in corporate, I didn't have a lot of extra cash Mm. at the end of the year. Okay. Because I just kept matching my lifestyle to my income. But when I became a business owner, I remember a mentor of mine. And this is the thing I want to say. I have a mentor or coach for every aspect of my life. Sometimes people think you just get one mentor and they can mentor you in everything. No, that's not the case. So I had a mentor who was mentoring me in entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. And he, ta- he talked to me about feast and famine. And so he said, hey, you're having a really good year this year. You need to hold some back. And so that's what we did. So I had money at the end of the year when I became an entrepreneur and I was running my own company, but I was working a lot of hours and I was traveling a lot. So to answer your question, I was still working on something that was totally unrelated to real estate Mm -hmm. at the time that I started investing. So what would you, what would you say to people who are like, I want to start investing in real estate, but I have a, I have a job and I don't know if I'm able to do that. What would you say to that person? The best time to start investing in real estate was 10 years ago, 
The second best time to start investing in real estate is today. And so I don't care if you're working a nine to five, if you are an entrepreneur trying to do your own thing, or if you're a stay-at-home mom, you can absolutely do this because the blessing of real estate is that you do get some time freedom. So it's not going to take 40 hours a week for you to invest in real estate, but you do have to be intentional and you do have to be educated so that you're not running with scissors. But yeah, if you're working right now, I'm telling you that the, the real estate play is for you and it is for you right now. And here's another thing, Tasha, that I wish I knew. Mm -hmm. When I was working my corporate job, that would have been the best time for me to start investing in real estate because I was a W-2 employee and to get funds from a bank would have been so much easier. Easier. Ooh, right? Let's talk about okay. that part. So I'm saying if you have a job, this is absolutely the right time for you to be investing. Yes. Let's talk about that a little bit because I, I don't shame people who work a nine to five. You know, I hear a lot of, you know, coaches and gurus, they shame nine to fivers. Do you need to quit your job? No, I don't because there are so many benefits to having a nine to five. It's just that they don't know how to use what they have. They don't know how to leverage working or leverage this company, leverage these benefits to benefit you and your future. Right. So let's talk a little bit about how easy it is to get a loan if you have a job, a nine to five versus a loan if you're an entrepreneur. So this is what's so cool. If you are a W-2 employee, even if you have your own home and you're looking to become an investor, they're looking at when they're looking at your um, your debt ratio and all this other stuff. And sometimes when you go out to get a loan as an investor, they're not even looking at all of your personal finances. They're just looking at the fact that you have a job with money that's coming in every two weeks or every month. And that is a check in the box. So unlike being an entrepreneur or um, a solopreneur where you're just, you know, getting money as it comes in, as you do deals. So I think it is absolutely best if you have a W-2 to go out and get loans. In fact, some of the people who I borrow money from, if they don't have a retirement account where I can borrow from that, because they are a W-2 employee, sometimes we turn them into the bank. Mm -hmm. They look better on paper than an entrepreneur does sometimes. Absolutely. And that's that's one of the the things that my husband and I, we use as leverage. I'm like, don't you know, he obviously he's not going to quit his job. He loves what he does. He just loves it. He'll do it forever. And he's like and I'm like, I'm glad you love your job because I would tell you not to leave it because it just it's easier for us to get whatever we want, you know, when we want to build more, add more to our, our portfolio and not use our own money, then we could say, hey, here's his W-2. Right? 100%. And we're in the same boat with you. Same with my husband. He still works his uh, his nine to five and he loves his job and it's it's very convenient for us. And we definitely use that as leverage. Absolutely. So don't, you know, for, for the those who are working a nine to five, don't, you know, if you hate your job, let's say you, you don't want to work it anymore, work it long enough to leverage and get, at least get started and get you enough cash flow going, but don't leave your job because you want to be a real estate investor or you want to be an entrepreneur. I'm going to be honest. And I know Dr. T can tell you the same thing. It is not easy out here in these streets. Okay, Hmm. in these entrepreneurial streets, it is not easy, baby. 
And it's funny, you know, that we're talking about this because like literally today I got an email from my attorney, my real estate attorney. And, um, I had, um, I do some private money lending and someone had not paid me back. So the attorney was like, boom, 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 boom. Here it is. Here's, you know, your money will be deposited this date, blah, 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 done. And I'm like, what if, what if I, that was the only money I had? Wow. You get what I'm saying? What if I needed that money? Like I need this money or we're not going to eat. We don't think about things like that when we're out here investing you need cash flow still. And if you have a job, your cash flow, that's your cash flow. Mm-hmm. Because you're going to get in some, some tight deals or some sticky deals. Trust me, if you are in real estate long enough, you're going to get into some sticky deals. Tell me about it. You're going to have to either have a whole lot of money in, in the stash or great credit where you can leverage your credit or you're going to need to have that cash flow from a job. I'm just being honest. Most people won't tell you that, right? That's true, Tasha. Yep. And and I've definitely lived it and I will go even uh one step further to mm-hmm. say with my first deal, I would not have gotten financing through a bank to buy that first deal. I had to come in with cash. It didn't have to be my cash though. That's the thing. But I didn't know better at the time, but I I was not there was no bank that was going to loan me money. Now there are other um, yeah. non-traditional places Ways, where I could have gotten right. money from. Right. Okay. We'll talk about that later. But as it relates to a traditional bank, they would not have funded that deal for me because I was a brand new entrepreneur. Mm, yeah. So t- let's talk about, I want to talk about like the worst deal you've had. How long have you been doing real estate? Um, since 2016. So how long is that? Five, six, seven years. Yeah. So let's talk about mm-hmm. the worst deal you've had. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So, okay. It's been six and a half years. Cause I started uh, mid year. The worst deal I ever had. You want me to give you a big one or a little one? Just give me the worst one. They want to hear the it. Worst People want to okay. hear it. All right. So the worst deal I ever did was a 80 unit motel in Missouri. (laughs) All right. And it was, yes, it was the biggest deal I had done to date. And I bought the deal from somebody, um, after it was already in foreclosure. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. the crazy part is, um, the person who had purchased it before they tried to take down all 80 units at the same time. Note to self, if you're going to rehab a motel, don't take all the rooms down at once. Okay. And it was two, two buildings. So one building had 30 units and the other one, uh, 30 doors. The other one had 50 doors. Well, since he had already um, started rehabbing all of them, I had to rehab all of them at the same time. And, um, so we got all the foundation stuff done, the floors, the ceilings, the walls, everything I bought. I bought furniture for all of these rooms. Um, from another hotel that was refurb, they were turning over their um, their furniture, and then COVID happened, and all hotels what? and motels in the city had to shut down. Oh, M, how much money did you lose? A lot, a lot. So I had um, I had about three hundred fifty thousand of my own money in, and I had about the same in from two other lenders. 
um, two of my private money lenders who had done many, many deals with me before. And all of a sudden it came to a halt, but guess what? The mortgage still had to be paid every month. Whoa. So what'd you do? For 18 months, I paid a mortgage (laughs) on a motel that I could not work on that had to be boarded up because of COVID. It was almost 18 months, not quite. Um, And so once COVID was done, and here's the thing, my husband does not have um, the guts. (laughs) I'm going to say it. He, He does not like paying out money every month on something that we don't see a return on. So he was like, you better get rid of this thing, which is what we did. So I ended up selling it back to the person that I bought it from. Um, so, because I wanted to make my lenders whole yes. and I took a loss. Yes. It sounds mm-hmm. like we, we took the same amount of, uh, during COVID, I took a $350,000 loss in one deal in COVID. And, and the irony of it is it was in, Missouri. You're kidding me. Mm-mm. I said oh, I would never. Missouri owes us money. <laughs> they owe us a lot, almost a million between the two of us. Yeah. I said that I would never invest in Missouri again. Wow. Oh my God, I lost $350,000 in one deal. Yep. That's yep. what I lost. But the thing is, I always make my lenders whole. So whatever I had to do to make my lenders whole, that's what we did. And, and I did that. I'm super proud of that. Um, but I was not proud of my personal loss. No, no, but it's a lesson. I mean, you know, things happen. So let's talk a little bit, a little bit about that. When, when you took your loss, what did that do mentally to you about continuing on in real estate? Honestly, it shook my confidence a little bit. I will say that, but I know what I know and I knew all the wins I had before then. So it really took me um, reminding myself that I am a winner. And even though this real estate transaction was a loss, I'm not a loser. And so I show up to win. So you know what I did to counter the awful feeling I was feeling? I went and did another deal. Because I felt like if I sat in that long enough and sat in that loss and kept listening to my husband, man, I I wouldn't be back in the game right now. I would have stayed on the sidelines Mm -hmm. and there is no money to be made when you're sitting on the sidelines. For sure. For sure. Come on. Come on. Come on. Let's talk about that. Mm -hmm. There is no money to be made when you're, let me ask you this though. Yeah. Would you invest in another hotel? Would you do another hotel deal? I sure would. Yeah. I'm, because I'm, guess what? COVID is a once in a hundred year, hunts a once in a generation thing. I I hope and pray we never get, we we don't ever see another global pandemic in our lifetime. Right. But now, but I you live and you learn, right? Mm-hmm. Now I know other ways that I could have exited that deal besides the way that I exited. And I held on too long. I kept hoping, like, okay, next week we're gonna open. Oh, okay. Next month we're going to open. Well, sometimes you have to cut your losses early and get out 
Yeah. But and, I mean, I'm just going to say even in relationships, right? Okay. Come but on. anyway, that's, we're not talking about that right now. We're talking about real estate, we're Tasha. We're talking about real estate right now, but we can. <laughs> look, we can go right. there. We can go there. But the truth is sometimes even in real estate, you have to cut your losses early sure. and know when and how to move on. For sure. For sure. And and that's that's unfortunate for a lot of real estate, especially newbies you know, real estate investors, they don't know when to cut their losses and they, it just, it drags them down. It drags, if they have investors, it drags their investors down. They don't make their investors whole. It, it just becomes a big mess. And then they get discouraged and they get scared and they won't do another deal, but you're right. going to win some, you're going to lose some. And I like to say, you know, it's really not a loss. It's a learning ex experience, you yeah. know, um, especially you, you, you lend money too as well, right? Yes, we do. Mm -hmm. Okay. So especially when you're lending money, you're a private money lender. Um, people are not going to pay you back when they say they are, you know, you know, you got to get attorneys involved. There's a lot of different things, but at the end of it all, it's with anything else, with any other type of business, because real estate investing is a business with any other business. You're going to, you're going to have ebbs and flows. You're going to mm -hmm. have things that you're going to have to work through. You got to learn, but it makes it a whole lot easier when you have a coach. And I know that if you didn't have that coach, you probably mm -hmm. would have given up. That, 100 that's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. Yeah. And it was my coach saying, okay, you know, take, take the loss, get back in the game. Because I was I was done. I was like, you know what? I'm I'm just gonna sit it out. I'm gonna wait another year. I'm gonna wait till COVID is all the way over. Like I was I was, you know what I was doing? Rationalizing with myself mm. and negotiating with myself. And that's the thing. You should not negotiate with yourself because a lot of times when we negotiate with ourselves, we negotiate towards our own comfort and we negotiate towards our own self preservation. And we tell ourselves, okay, I'll get to it. I'll do it the next time. I'll do it later. Well, I had to not negotiate with myself and just get back out there and do it again. Yes. So with you saying that, I heard from a little bird, you could let me know if I'm right or wrong, that you are going to be helping other women. Yes. And I'm super excited about it because, well, you and I both, um, we serve the same community. We mm -hmm. serve women who want to be on top of their game. And um, I, what I know is that when you give women the tools that they need to succeed, we own the game. Oh, my God. We don't just play. We own it. Own it, baby. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so, so let's talk about how, how you're going to serve the women. Well, um, one of the things I was thinking about is what is one thing that women or people, real estate investors can do to change the, tra the trajectory of their real estate investing career, even if they've never, ever done a deal. And the one thing that it took me so long to do because I was scared, Tasha, is submit an offer. And so I kept thinking to myself, what if they say yes, right? I was happy as long as I was submitting offers and people were saying no, and I was doing all these lowball offers, oh, hoping they said no. But the moment somebody said yes, I was like, mm, fear gripped me. And so my um, workshop that I've put together for women is called Submit More Offers. Oh, I love and it. More Come offers. On, sis. I love yeah. it. Yes. Submit more offers. 
Mm -hmm. So what is that about? We're going to take five full days mm -hmm. to go over some things like um, how to find a deal mm -hmm. and um, how to build your team. Because if you do this right, you should not be working in this business full time. You have another job to do. So we're going to teach you how to build out your team. And then finally, for those who are interested, we're going to be talking about how to build out your rental portfolio. Mm. I love yeah. it. I love it. So when is it? Submit more offers workshop. When is it? It is the week of February 20th. Okay. Yes. February 20th through 24th. Okay. And it's all virtual. Ooh, I love it. Can I come? You can come. I hope you come. Okay. You have so much wisdom to offer, but yes, we want you in the room, sis. Okay. I'm coming. If, if I'm, if I'm welcome, I'm coming. I just want to come are... and, and be a part. You know, yeah, meet mm -hmm. some new rich friends. Yes. So how, what, I mean, I know I'm the one that you're asking the questions to, but I want to understand how, what was your, um, what was it like for you to start submitting more offers? Like when you first started, do you remember that whole process? Yes. No, this is a conversation, girl. This ain't no, I'm interviewing you. No, no, no. <laughs> we, we, we just have conversations here. Okay. This, this is real life. So what it was like for me was I knew because I had a, a mentor, like in the very beginning, I, I hired a mentor immediately. I didn't, I didn't. Oh, you were smarter than me. Oh girl. I didn't <laughs> want to waste time or money. I was like, eh, I'm hiring a mentor. So what she said was, she said, you will probably submit 100 to 120 offers before you get the first one accepted. Yeah. So that right there, when she said that, I knew it was, it was go time. So submitting offers was nothing for me. I was like, okay, I'm on offer number. I'm on offer number. You know, I didn't care. I just, I got deals under contract immediately. I would run the numbers if they made sense. I'm like, mm -hmm. and I had my exit strategy, which at the time my exit strategy was wholesaling. Um, because I used my money, my, my retirement money. And I was, um, lending that out to other investors. So okay. I wanted to build up my own cash flow because I knew that I wanted to leave my job. Mm -hmm. So that's why I started wholesaling, which I'm super glad that I did, you know, because it taught so me, let me everything. There are two things, two things you said. One was exit strategy and the other one was wholesaling. And I want to make sure, um, that our rich friends know what you're talking about. So when you talk about an exit strategy from a real estate investment, right. what does that mean? So the exit strategy means I need to know exactly what I'm going to do with this property when I get it. So you need to know that before you buy it, like don't buy a property and not know what you want to do with it. I.e. if you, if that property has a tenant in it, then you know, you want to hold on to it. It's a buy and hold. It's already cash flowing. You don't have to rehab it. You don't have to do anything. It's, it's a cash flowing property. It's a turnkey. You, that's, that's an exit strategy, buy and hold. Mm -hmm. If you mm -hmm. know that you want to build up more, more cash flow outside, if you have a job outside of that, you want to have more money to play with in the market, then wholesaling may be it. That means wholesaling is just like, where's my phone? It's just like buying a phone. You're going to buy the phone for a hundred dollars, but you're going to sell the phone for $200. You're buying it. You're buying it low and you're selling it high. You, that's it. That's all wholesaling is um, in a nutshell, you know, but there's different things, you know, 
how to talk to sellers, buyers, where to find the properties, you know, who, who your buyers, all these things. Um, but I'm sure you're going to talk about that and teach that in your workshop. Yes. Yes, we are. That's the (laughs) difference. So it was like, I knew what my exit strategy was at the time it was wholesaling. So I'm like, I can't go wrong. I can't lose any money because I'm I'm not putting any money in it. And I'm learning. I'm learning how to write offers. I'm learning how to talk to sellers. I'm learning how to find properties. I'm learning. So, I mean, this is like, this is a no brainer. Yep. And so I wasn't afraid to submit offers. I wasn't afraid for people to come back and say, "Eh, no, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, So I feel, but again, I had a mentor you know, right there by my side with each one. I would, you know, analyze the deal, analyze the deal, analyze the deal, analyze the deal, submit an offer, submit an offer. You know, I run it by her first. So that's the, that's the, I guess that's the, you know, like the icing on the cake in real estate yeah. is when you have a mentor or a coach. And so I'm, that's why I'm happy. I'm happy that you're, you're joining, you know, this coaching world and yes, I am. But here's one thing that really stood out to me about what you, about the story you just told, mm-hmm. because you had a mentor and a coach, you knew to analyze your deals before submitting an offer. Mm-hmm. So I am sure I lost money on my first deal or I, sh- I didn't actually lose money, but I could have made more money mm-hmm. on that deal if I had actually done some analysis before submitting an offer. Oof. I just, whatever they told me the price was, I was like, okay. You just, and you I just went for it, right? <laughs> I wrote a check. But to get my next offer, because I did get, you said I invested in that real estate and then I invested in myself. So to get my next offer, I mean, to get my next deal under contract took me 40 offers. Yeah. Yeah. So I was just writing offers, but I knew then not to overpay because my coach told me what to do. But you know what? I misspoke. I said, you have to put in, you have to put in a hundred, submit a hundred offers. That's wrong. You have to analyze a hundred deals. That's, I misspoke. You analyze, Mm -hmm. analyze, analyze, analyze before you put in your offer. So that's, that's, yeah, yeah, because when when you're analyzing the deal, that's when you're going to know whether or not it's a good deal or not. Or if it's not a good deal, if you have a coach and you run it by them, because I would, what I would consider a good deal, you may, you may say it's not because we had this conversation the other day, remember? And I was like, I was like, T, listen, you can get this property and you could do X, Y, Z with you. You were like, Yes, that's so you know that's that's the thing about being in a community of Mm -hmm. of people who are doing the thing that you want to do and you're able to bounce these things off of. So yeah. That's so good. Yes, and you're right. And the exit strategy sometimes determines how much you're willing to pay coming in. Exactly. Right. Yeah. So that's really good. It is. So again, submit more offers. That's the mm-hmm. name of your workshop. Yes. It's a five-day workshop, February mm-hmm. 20th. 20th through the 24th. 20th through the 24th. What time? Mm-hmm. We're going to do it at noon every day for general admission. Okay. So 12 to 1. And then, because um, we want to catch people on their lunch breaks. Okay. And then, um, and we'll do a VIP session the hour before. So 11 to 12. Okay. So 11 to 12 for VIP. And then general can join um, 12 to 1. 
Correct. Okay. Oh, I love it. I love it. So um, they can click the link below, above, wherever, wherever they're listening or watching from. Click the link, submitmoreoffers.com um, yep. to grab your seat. Um, make sure you're VIP because if you're VIP, I'm going to tell you right now, when you're VIP, you get a chance to ask Dr. T all these questions. Yes. And otherwise you'll just be sitting in general and you'll just get to, you know, listen, you know, um, to the general session. But if you're VIP, you'll get to ask her questions. And she is very knowledgeable as y'all can tell, as you've heard, she's owned quite a lot, um, of real estate. She's done. I don't know how many deals you've done, but she's done hundreds of deals, made a lot of money in real estate Mm -hmm. and lost a lot. So she can teach you and tell you what not to do in real estate as well. Mm -hmm. So I'm super excited. One last one thing I'm going to give to my, um, Tasha, one thing I'm going to give to my VIPs Mm -hmm. is, um, a deal analyzer. So you just talked about analyzing hundreds of deals. Um, you know, a hundred deals at a time to make, mm-hmm. you know, the one great offer. Well, I'm going to give my VIPs a deal analyzer so that they can plug in numbers okay. and know if a deal is right for them. So we don't get caught up in emotions and we let the numbers tell us if it's a good deal or not. Awesome. I love it. We got so much to talk about. You know what? I'm going to put you on the spot. Okay. I'm going to put you on the spot. Yeah, come and join me for some more conversations because I really enjoyed this. And there are so many more conversations that we need to have. I would love to. Oh, yes, I love it. I love it. Thank you so much. One last one last thing I want you to to tell. And, you know, my audience is, you know, they're female entrepreneurs. So Mm -hmm. one last thing I want you to tell the the woman entrepreneur who says, I've been on the fence. I I, want to do it. I want to get in real estate. I want to be one of the one of their rich friends, but I just I don't know where to start. What, what would you tell them? What would you tell her? I would tell her that it is scary to jump into something new, but what's even scarier is being poor and broke and not knowing what to do. So you have a community right here of women who maybe don't even know you yet, but they love you. And I'm telling you, T-Mac right here, Dr. T-Mac, she is going to care for you in a way that you wouldn't even believe in the community that she has built, the community of women who will um, take you under their wings and move you forward. I'm telling y'all, this woman has helped me so much even in my business and with ideas that I, that were just not even birthed yet to bring them forward. This is a time, this is an opportunity for you to join up with other strong women who have already done it. They've already gone before you and they know what they're doing. They've made the mistakes, they have the bruises and they can come back and keep you from doing the same mistakes. You know what? We are not losing here. We're just learning. And so I would love for you to join us on this journey and come on and be one of our rich friends. Ooh, girl, look, I don't even need to close this out, okay? (laughs) Yes. I love it, I love it. Thank you so much for joining me and Y'all are going to see more of Dr. T. I know you are. I can't wait. We always have great conversations. Thank you, Tasha. Oh, you are welcome. You're welcome. All right. All right, rich friends. I hope you enjoyed this pod, this show episode. I'm going to stop saying podcast. This show episode um, with Dr. T. 
She is amazing. Do not forget to click the link and join the Submit More Offers Challenge February the 20th. It starts on the 20th. It's, I said challenge. I meant to say workshop. Sorry. I'm so used to saying challenge. Okay. It starts on the 20th. Don't forget. It's, it's at noon. VIP. You start at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Bring your business bestie with you. Okay? You and your business bestie need to invest in yourself. Get a ticket. Join. Come learn. Come have fun. We're going to have fun. I'm coming too. So we're going to have fun for five days. I cannot wait to see you. And remember, Dr. T-Max says you can have it all. <laughs>